I literally didn't think I could survive without a hairdryer with a diffuser. Oh. Like oh, I, yeah. I yeah. remember like going through and like thinking of all of the different environmental choices I was making and being like, well, I can get it all down, but I'm not getting rid of my hairdryer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like things have now shifted and I don't have a hairdryer anymore hmm. and I don't put anything in my hair and I still love my hair. And it's yeah. like, there are certain things that like you think that you won't ever be able to live without and like eventually like you might shift towards living without them that was my friend apollonia and this is episode 11 of into intentional welcome to into intentional my name is christy or better known as sedona christina in the youtube internet land i'm a wellness enthusiast sustainable and ethical living advocate entrepreneur and believer in the power of doing during my own wild journey towards a place of self-love and intentional living i found magic in the voices of others to power me through into intentional is a space where we do just that we peek into the minds of inspiring humans passionate about intentional living, be it mindfulness, wellness, fitness, nutrition, sustainability, entrepreneurship, or self-care. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here and spending time with me. Now let's jump in to the show. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to share this week's episode with you guys. Uh, this week, I have my new friend Apollonia on the show, who is a zero waste living activist. Uh, she lives on a boat, which is pretty cool. And she is an industrial designer. So she comes from the design path. And that's actually how she got interested in zero waste in the beginning. She saw the impact of products and the manufacturing and the designing of products. She saw their impact on the planet and ended up getting really interested and invested in it. So yeah, that's her story behind Zero Waste Living. We talk about all kinds of things in this episode, everything all the way from Macklemore's impact on zero waste, as strange as that sounds, straight through to the origins of marketing post-World War II. We talk about holiday decor randomly. We may or may not talk about why I don't wear deodorant uh, in depth. Sorry for anybody who doesn't like to talk about smelly things, but we do cover that a little bit. Um, and we definitely talk about the struggles of changing your lifestyle and just the importance in the direction of doing so and our tips and tricks and on how to evolve and deal with, you know, your habits changing and your subconscious freaking out through that whole thing. And most importantly, we definitely, which I think is very important, we dive into her side of, uh, you know, understanding products impact on the planet and the future of the economy and how we're going to need to shift our economy models in order to have a more sustainable future. So yeah. Oh, another thing we talk about is, uh, the zero waste, the term zero waste and why I hate it, but I still use it and why she also hates that term and just our beliefs on the movement's direction as a whole. Um, yeah, this conversation is really, really good. It's, it's a longer one, but it's one of my favorite ones that I've had in a while. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Before we jump in, I do want to put one little disclaimer, the hum that you can hear in the background right now, you will hear for the first half of the show. And then halfway through we do end up, uh, we were standing in the same booth that I'm in right now. I'm in like a soundproof booth. You can kind of hear a like that noise in the background yeah it's supposed to be soundproof but I don't know there's like a humming going on in here um yeah we were in here and we ended up uh, going over our time limit so we finished the show in my pot in my car and uh just sitting in my car and recording in there so you can hear the raindrops and it's actually kind of soothing and I kind of enjoyed it and not gonna lie I think I want to record more podcasts in my car in the future because it was kind of nice it was cozy <laughs> um and then the other thing I want to say is obviously you can find her on Instagram. Her Instagram is at Green MacGyver. I will leave it in the uh, description box below and or the the like show notes thing. And I am going to shift this podcast's Instagram, which was at intentional underscore 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 living, intentional living. Uh, I'm going to shift it onto my personal page, which is at Sedona Christina. So you can just find me over there now. I just 
I was forgetting that I had two accounts. You know what I mean? It's just easier to manage one. So everything's over on mine now. So if you want to drop me a note about the show or let me know who you want me to interview next, you can do so over there. Shoot me a DM or comment on something or you can always comment on a YouTube video. Um, or even shoot me an email if you want. It's hello at SedonaChristina.com. I would be more than happy to read it. I'm terrible at email, but I'm trying to get better at it. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is a great, great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. The last thing that I want to mention is I've decided that I don't want to... Uh, put ads in this podcast so if you would like for it to stay alive and if you would like my YouTube channel to stay alive and to keep this show ad free and you can support it on my Patreon page which over there you also get exclusive access to all of my self-care mini podcasts that I post every single week or I'm going to start posting every single week um, starting this week actually so yeah, you can do so over on my Patreon page and you also get access to every episode of the regular podcast a week early and live chats with me and all kinds of good stuff. So yeah, that's that. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I love you all so much. Feels so good to talk to you all again. And yeah. Oh, one last thing. If you enjoy the show, feel free to give it a review share it with a friend. Those are free ways to support it. So if you want to do those, or if, if you want to share my Instagram page or my YouTube, that helps tremendously. That might almost help more than you supporting on Patreon. So if you could do that, that'd be great. Just a shameless little plug in there. Okay, I'm going to jump into the show now. Sorry for babbling. And I hope you enjoy it. My conversation with Apollonia on Zero Waste. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm sad that the sunbreak is over. Yeah, that was wonderful. That was nice, but you know, back to the back to the grind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit about your background? Because you have lo- probably one of the most interesting childhood backgrounds, and just <laughs> then on top of that, who you are as a human. Okay. But. Um. So my name is Apollonia. Um. What she's mentioning about my family <laughs> is that I am the second youngest of ten children. Um, and so I grew up with seven brothers and two sisters and um, vaguely feral, not like full feral, but feral. Like, <laughs> like kind of feral. It's been a lot of times running around in the woods, like barefoot and playing really dangerous games. But um, that early experience really uh, created a foundation of like a deep and nurturing love of the outdoors and nature. And so... I, I guess in the background, have always cared about nature a whole lot. But then, um, you know, just modern society will sort of uh, cloud your judgment on many things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't necessarily always a zero waste kind of person, but always cared about the nature and the environment. Um, and then I went to school for uh, industrial design or product design at Drexel University in Philadelphia. And it was studying um, how to design and produce products from the mass market. And um, I thought that that was a really awesome pursuit of study. And um, it wasn't until I was in the beginning of my junior year that I took just like a an extra class uh, that was like sustainability in design and that's when I first heard about the Geyer and the Great Pacific Garbage Patch Mm -hmm. and it was like an instantaneous click where I was like oh what I'm doing what I'm studying what I am trying to pursue is creating desirability in things that people don't necessarily need and that is directly adding to how much plastic is going into the ocean so I like had this like ah, existential <laughs> crisis kind of thing like everything that I want to do is yeah. gonna lead to what year was that in was that in your senior year no it was in a junior year junior. I think it was probably like 2014 or so okay. but still it was like what you had been working on for the last three years and it's like uh yeah I want to be a part of this anymore yeah like so many different like little things that I wanted that I thought that I wanted to produce like 
for instance, like I remember doing this one design on like toothbrushes. Okay. And like trying to make like a cooler, cooler toothbrush and like yeah. really loving that, um, that like course. And like all it was was trying to make a t- one type of toothbrush like vaguely more interesting than any other toothbrush so that people would buy that toothbrush over others. Mm. But then like I never really considered like, you know, the materials that I'm choosing for that toothbrush. What what does that mean? Right. Um, and yeah, so it was after that class that I sort of like made this whole shift and I was like, all right, well, if I, I don't want to waste the past three years of study. So what I have to do is sort of focus everything that I've learned into creating that desirability in products that help people be more environmentally friendly. Yeah. Like people who like don't even know anything about the environment, people who are just like average average Joes out there, yeah. like, how do you get them to accidentally be environmentally friendly? And, like, it's more of a surprise, not, like, the go-to thing for them. So, yeah. I love that idea <laughs> of the, the whole, I think, I think that is a, a way that we can definitely shape the world is, like, same thing with, you know, I, I use veganism as, like, a comparison to everything, but there are so many accidentally vegan products, mm-hmm. and by choosing that, as a consumer who's not even necessarily choosing going out and choosing a vegan meal Mm -hmm. they're accidentally like doing something that's way better for the animals and the planet and you get all those added benefits and I totally would think the same thing with like that's exactly where we need to be Mm -hmm. in getting companies because I mean when you think about it it's like I posted this thing on Instagram this morning that was like stop buying stupid products and companies will stop making stupid products you know yeah totally because it really is it's like a company will continue to make any kind of product if there is demand for that yeah. product. Like yeah. um, like uh, the fidget spinners. Oh, like, yeah. There was one oh, original. on those. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, it's just like children's toys. It's like when there's like, um, like the original company will come out with something and then other companies will see all of the popularity that's there and then they will produce something similar or like yeah. exactly the same. And like the more desirability, the more want there is for a product, like the more people will try to make something similar to that product with less and less quality involved. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of those things, like if you put yourself back in your like childhood and you like think about all of those toys that like you wanted, you yeah. wanted with like a vivacious, visceral, like I need Polly Pockets yeah. or like I need Pokemon or Pogs or whatever it is. Like, I don't, like, want to minimize that because, like, children do have that desire. It's not, it's not, like, it is imaginary, but, like, it's yeah. to them it's not. Yeah. Um, so, like, that does happen, but, like, how do we, could we perhaps make those products out of better material? Yeah. So that, like, that um, fleeting desirability doesn't have lasting impacts on the environment and I think too it is interesting because when you get down into zero waste it's like we have to find as much as I I want zero waste to be something that the whole world does we do need to in order to make that a possibility there is at some extent there needs to be some sort of like economy shift Mm -hmm. like we still do need to be consuming something which I hate to say Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but I mean you could be consuming secondhand things yeah right so there is some sort of like we need to shift the economy model right Mm -hmm. and so that would be exactly like one good way of doing that there's a bunch of different ways that you could do that you could have a service-based economy you could have secondhand stuff like there's so many options out there but certainly having a minimum of minimum requirement of all the products out there having some sort of like sustainability mission or mm-hmm. sustainable material or whatever. Yeah, and I think like culture a lot of, in a lot of ways shifts that. Like I yeah. think I'm probably going to get this quote wrong, but this guy this guy was named Peters, he was a designer and he's like design shapes values, values shape culture, shaping culture gives you control over the future. Yeah. Something along those lines. So like I think design and culture have like a huge effect on like where what it is that we even create so like if 
like I think Macklemore has given a lot to us in the modern age by creating a song that's like, hey, thrift stores, Pat, tags be popping or whatever. You know, like, that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. he, in a way, like popularized the idea of using secondhand stuff. Yeah. And that was amazing. Or at least brought it to attention, you know, yeah. and made it a popular trend for a while, which has such a big impact. Yeah. And so um, a lot of the things with zero waste is like, all right, well, there are certain things that are only really going to be desirable or interesting to people who are like environmentalists. Yeah. But then there are also like products that are out there or hopefully products that will soon be produced that are um, universally valuable. Like, yeah. I can't even like think of one right now. Like maybe... Um, Maybe, like, if bamboo toothbrushes, like, took off, like, the idea that this thing is made out of really awesome materials, but also it's, like, a wonderful cleaning thing. Yeah. I wish there was a better example I could yeah. give. Like, I well, was... we were talking last time about, um, you know, scrubber brushes in the kitchen. Like, yeah. everyone uses those, and if by chance every single scrubber brush that you could buy in the store was made out of natural materials, that would have such an impact when... I mean, most people don't really think twice about what they're scrubbing their dishes yeah, with, yeah. you know, like as long as it gets the job done. Yeah. But that Actually, would be a, an example Actually, that's a really of... interesting example, like, or something like loofahs. Like, yeah. loofahs were so popular, like, in the early 2000s, and they were made out of natural ma- materials. Hmm. It's a little sad that, like, there weren't as many uh, compost uh, municipality, like, like, availability to people. Yeah. Otherwise, that would have been, like, truly, like, a great product. But, um, yeah, like... That sort of thing, or like um, charcoal, for some reason, is really popular. Adding charcoal to like your deodorant and to your toothpaste and whatever, yeah. like that's a natural cleaning agent that like um, is becoming popular. Right. But like it's it's not toxic and all of that other stuff. So yeah. it's like there there is opportunity out there. It's yeah. just like we have to have demand through our culture, um, or just like using our voices to like talk to the producers of like the stuff that we like to say like hey I really like your stuff but like could you like shift this one little thing yeah yeah and then shift the if we can get if we can generate trends around things that are already sustainable Mm -hmm. it has such a big impact yeah yeah um like I don't know the other day I like saw a bunch of trash floating in the water and I like scooped out some of the trash and like I saw some of like these like name brands on all this trash and I was like I'm gonna just message them real quick send them a quick email like hey I actually really love your cookies but I really hate it when I find this in the water and like all of this trash like maybe consider having this cookie in something that won't float around in the water yeah because it's so true the majority of the waste that we're creating is something that's either just transporting something from even like the supermarket to your car Mm -hmm. you know like some sort of packaging that gets it from where you buy it to your house Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not the actual product itself right like food for the most part I mean yeah it's compostable yeah exactly (laughs) it's It's just (laughs) what we're putting it in and how we're getting it to our homes yeah that we need to rethink yeah and like also like what sort of led us down this path like why do we want so much packaging on all of our food Mm -hmm. and a lot of it's like disease or germs like like you don't want um you know the person who stocked your food on the shelves of your grocery store to like be directly touching your food right um yeah it's it's like tough because like you don't you can't like ignore those those concerns because they're they are true concerns like typhoid mary is a real lady who got hundreds of people sick in new york city in like the early 1900s because like she wasn't washing her hands before she was like cooking food for people and she Mm -hmm. gave people typhoid Typhoid. (laughs) so what do you know (laughs) yeah i think it's 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 difficult just because it is a, it's a problem that we're facing. But again, like we just there's so much opportunity there to do it differently. And then also, I think within the realm of zero waste and sustainability, like you're going to be creating jobs and yeah. f- trying to find solutions for all of these things, yeah. which I think is really exciting, too. We're just it's not about getting rid of everything that we're doing because there are so many wonderful things that humans are doing. It's just yeah. 
rethinking, reshaping, and finding new solutions yeah. for these problems that humans have created. I had this argument with my parents uh, a little while ago about like fossil fuels, about how like I don't really like fossil fuels, and I'd kind of hope that they'd stop using fossil fuels at this point. Yeah. My parents are all like, you know, look what they have done for us. Look, we wouldn't be able to travel into space without the fossil fuels. I'm like, I think fossil fuels were really necessary a little while ago. Yeah. But, like, at this point, we're advancing our technology and our understanding of, like, um, the natural resources for creating energy enough that we can start scaling back how much uh, we're the using fossil fuels. Least. Yeah. Or, or even, like, taking up out of the ground. Like, yeah, um, yeah like, there's so many... And opportunities. Like opportunities yeah. through doing that. Like, building more scientific jobs, building more like clean jobs yeah um that you know like there are huge death tolls when it comes to fossil fuels as well like there's so many negatives that are adding up to make it not really sustainable right (laughs) right right literally not sustainable okay so let's take a couple steps back so you went to school and you were studying design what did you want to do originally like what kind of products did you want to study or create with your industrial design degree I think my first, like when I was like first applying to the school, um, I was like really independent lamps for some reason. What's that? Like like the lamps that you'll find in like the central, like uh, stairways. Oh, that like, hang yeah. from the ceiling. Okay. Yeah, I was really into like lamps. I okay. Know. I don't know. I um, mean, each to his own. Yeah. I love lamp. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so and then um, the more I was studying. The more I learned about how, like, literally everything you touch, everything you look, everything created by another human was designed by somebody. Right. So, like, I started looking at things that were just, like, like window opener. Like, you know those, like, windows that swing out, like, left to right? Or, like, um, the little cranky handles and, like, the ergonomics of that or, like... I don't like your toothbrush like the fact that there's like a very clear like this is where your hand grips area of that so then it really became like oh my gosh everything is designed that is so interesting and then it was like it just really opened up what I wanted to to make and it became sort of like this unending list of like oh I could make this oh I could make this yeah um and then I was into furniture for a while mm. but that might have again just been like a class I was taking I, dec- I did go back to furniture design um, when I came to Seattle but um, then, separate story okay. <laughs> um, so I think I think I was looking for something to like refocus in um, my like what I wanted to do at mm. that time in yeah. school like I was I had gone through this shift of like, oh, wow, the possibilities are endless. I can literally design everything. And then like getting panicked by that. And then I took that class and then I was like, oh, my God, everything is designed. And literally everything is causing the the desirability for all of this crap. Ah." Yeah. And then I was like, that's actually something that refocused me. And like it was sort of like a like the necessary progression that I was going through at the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so what happened when you found out about, like, then how did you discover zero waste? And how did that lifestyle progression kind of go? That was like a really interesting progression because I think it was a combination of um, the the person who I was living with at the the time, um, Maya, my best friend and love of my life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, She and I had started living together and we had started discussing like our water usage and like we were like discussing like you know if it's yellow let it mellow if yeah. it's brown flush it down <laughs> like like those kinds of things and like minimizing how much water we were using like in the kitchen because I had really bad habits when it came to water usage um so we were paring down on that and then she and I also started doing um the whole 30 together okay which was just like it's a non-inflammatory like eating style um and while doing that they like really advocated for um like whole foods and like you know um instead of like 
buying some sort of like prepared broccoli casserole thing at a store um just buy broccoli at a store and so then it was like I was actually starting to make less waste just through eating healthier and having just like a more mindful lifestyle and then it came into like all right well I need to save a little bit more money and then like it just sort of like was a natural progression to me having just a healthier lifestyle yeah which is like super interesting yeah (laughs) like um like lots of people will turn to zero waste for like economic reasons um but yeah it's actually like something that is just a natural progression to a more mindful way of living I think I mean when you think about it all the things that are causing us issues they're not foods from the ground they're products in factories right so Mm -hmm. I always tell people that I'm like all the stuff in the middle of the grocery store those are products that's not yeah, that's it's not, not necessarily food. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, I guess it is. It's but, highly processed. Yeah, and it's like they're com- like they're coming in plastic, and they probably have a lot of plastic inside of them. Yeah, like, like yeah. it's it's really it's really interesting how like just taking healthier steps in your overall life will like be a natural progression to yeah. like that. I think when I found zero waste in the beginning, I mean. I had actually done it like I just had noticed that I was creating a lot of waste and I was like this I didn't know zero waste existed I was like this is overwhelming I don't know how I can bring this down but I'd like to and then a year goes by and I find out about this whole zero waste movement and um, a couple months later I was like you know I'm gonna do it because it just it already aligns with my life as it is I'm already you know as in my lifestyle that I was living it was a pretty healthy lifestyle and so I already my waste was lower than the average Mm -hmm. you know average American will say Um, but yeah, it's so true. Like when I discovered it, I was like, you know, it's probably not going to be that hard. Mm -hmm. And and it it wasn't, it was nice that I had that stepping stone because it's so true. Yeah. Um, and I think like partly what led me into it was like after that class that I took in my junior year, um, the following year is my senior, uh, year of, of design and I had a senior capstone and the whole process started off with like you creating a question that you wanted to answer by the end and um, I think my original question was something like how do I make just the average person more sustainable and I remember my my like professor was like that's way too broad a question you're never going to be able to answer that in like six months so um pare it down to something like a little bit more manageable and I did like a little bit more research and um you know I was looking at like all right well what are the things that like on a day-to-day basis you choose and you do that are having an impact on the environment and some of those choices are like you know you getting to work are you leaving your house or like what temperature you're keeping your thermostat at or how much water you're using um all of these different factors and then I sort of like at some point decided that the factor that you actually have the most control of on a day-to-day scale is how much waste you're creating because how far you have to drive to get to work like yes you do have some control over that but not always yeah um yeah and the methods that you have in order to get there again sometimes you have control over that but not always but like what you buy on a day-to-day basis and most of that is food you do have control over and that's sort of like where I came into the zero waste lifestyle was sort of the the food aspect like what what is in your kitchen and like what is creating waste there yeah so where did you take it from there like what what was the findings of you well what was your senior project so um yeah so so then my my question ended up being like how do I make the average urban dweller create less waste and then what I then like sort of went into like the whole food that's where you make the most waste on a day-to-day basis um and then I was sort of looking at like demographics I had to sort of choose a demographic that I was working towards so I I chose my own demographic because there's somebody I empathized with so like how do millennials um create less waste and I sort of like found more and more that millennials um actually eat out a lot um they go to restaurants they love other people cooking for Mm -hmm. them they actually don't create that much in the terms of 
food waste as in like but I would also say a lot of people do like the whole ordering food on your phone mm-hmm. thing yeah. or Cause like, take out. Yeah, like all of the different like or, like online ordering services has sort of like opened up at that point. Like yeah. where I was in Philadelphia, Grubhub was mm, yeah. sort of launching and like it was super popular and I used it all the time yeah. in school like to a bad degree. Like yeah. I did not have the money I to remember I <laughs> used, when I was living in New York, this was before I got into Zero Waste, I remember using Seamless, which is like a, yeah. another one of those. And I do remember being like, well, I can request that I'm not using forks. Yeah. You know, napkins. like don't, forks and napkins. I don't need those. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's doing something. I'm yeah. good enough. <laughs> yeah. And like, like which is a good is thing. Doing yeah, something. it is. It, it totally really is doing is. something. It's like, I don't mean to like belittle that for, <laughs> for everybody who does that because it is, it is making a difference. Yeah. Especially it, because I think there's so many pieces of disposable things that we have in our lives that like that are just given to you that you don't even need yeah you don't even want totally I was leaving the dentist yesterday or two days ago and she kept saying do you want a toothbrush do you want a toothbrush and I was like no I literally have a bucket of them (laughs) that I haven't used since every single dentist in my life has been giving me a toothbrush since I was like 10 yeah and I have a bucket of them at home and I've got floss in there I you could you could floss three times a day and you would not get through the amount of floss that I have yeah just given to me by dentists yeah and it's great that they're doing that like it's sort of like my mom has this phrase that like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, like, yeah. Your dentist has the best. She of wants intentions. me to floss. Yeah, she wants me to. Yeah, <laughs> but like, could we find something else to make our floss yeah. out of besides strings of plastic? Yeah, I don't or know. even <laughs> I think too, we need to have some sort of awareness for. It's the default to give the wasteful item. So same thing with the whole, you know, we're lucky to live in a city that just bans single-use straws. Mm. But not every city has that. And oftentimes you order a drink and the straw's already in there. Mm-hmm. Does that person actually really want... Like, I didn't realize until I got into sustainability, like, how much... Some people, like, love to use straws. But I just, growing up, hated straws. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'm, I'm lucky yeah. enough that I don't really need one, you know? Yeah. I don't... I know you're so, lucky that you're able-bodied. Yeah, and you totally. Don't need one. I don't need one, and and I just never really enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until now that I'm noticing, like, wow, you multiply that by every single time everybody orders a drink, and like, it's just my point is, it's just the default for all of these wasteful things. Same yeah. thing with if you're going to a drive-through, they're gonna toss in extra sauce packets yeah. and, and stuff, and it's like that person didn't actually ask for them, and. It's just the default, even if that person's not realizing they're doing something that's unsustainable. Yeah. Again, it comes back to the accidentally sustainable thing, you know? Yeah. And it's sort of like um, like maybe what is actually in called for is, is more of like a culture shift where yeah. um, our, our culture so far has uh, seen like added services, added like automatic um, like when you go to a server and they're like oh let me get you this let me get you this let me yeah. get like that's the best type of service that they can offer you but instead like maybe we need a culture shift to like you know you actually do have to ask for like a sugar packet or yeah. whatever instead of them just giving it to you like would it really be that bad that people are asking for everything that they want mm-hmm. or instead of having all of these assumptions being made for them yeah um, yeah, I was at a coffee shop earlier today and um, I went in and ordered my drink and I was like very emphatically like, for here, please give me a mug. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like that's sort of what my approach has been for a while now is to emphatically ask for things that are um, uh, durable and reusable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I sat down and I and I said, sat in the coffee shop for a few hours and I looked around every couple of hours and there were people who came in after me, ordered a drink to go and then sat down next to me yeah. and drank their entire drink inside the coffee shop and then threw it out. And why did that need to be in a yeah. to-go mug? Yeah. And I don't know if they like specifically asked for a to-go mug or if it were was the the default at least in our country because i think when you go to european countries the default is usually they assume you're sitting in so they assume yeah you don't want it to go culture it's yeah culture yeah so like we need a culture shifts for like the people who are providing the services to us um to like you know only give you a straw when you ask for one only give you a bag when you ask for one and that you have to be again willing to ask for those things when you want them yeah 
and it might be better for us in the end anyway. You know, there's this like thing um, with femi- feminists right now about how how uh, women don't ask enough for the things that they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that like whole um, uh, culture shift could add value in there. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to continue this conversation. <laughs> we're getting kicked out of the room that we're in, just which is totally our fault. We started too late in the afternoon. We can always uh, jump over to my car and finish this or something if yeah, you want to. Yeah, that'll be real okay, interesting. Okay, cool. <laughs> and we are back from our momentary pause. <laughs> if you hear the pitter-patter of rain, yes. ignore it. it is, it's kind of nice and refreshing. Yeah. We're sitting in the car now. So. This is kind of cool. I've never recorded one in my car, and it also makes me think that I have a portable studio now. <gasps> so that's like... You do have a portable studio. Pretty cool. Yeah. All oh. you got to do is put the seats back. Hang out, mm-hmm. relax. Yeah, you chill could, like, out. You could totally like serve some tea in here. You know? Yeah, maybe. I remember seeing. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. This is where consumerism has really expanded. But I remember seeing a couple of years ago that it was. I want to say it was in Japan. There was a manufacturer of cars. Somebody listening to this is going to know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was a some car manufacturer, and they were making a. Uh, you could get get a rice cooker. In your car. Oh. I yeah. saw um, a that comedian do like a bit the other day about like having like a grill cooker, like for those late mornings when all you want is a big breakfast, but you don't have the time, like an actual like grill on their lap while they're driving. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's too far. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We were just talking about how we hate the term zero waste. Zero waste. And it's a hard one. Because like, yeah, it's definitely like a semantics thing. Like, yeah, I'm not literally making no waste. Because that was the other thing. I think when I, when I was first getting into it, um, I was looking at, uh, Lauren Singer's, um, blog, Trashes for Tossers, and, um, trying to figure out, like, if, she just wasn't making any like plastic trash or if she wasn't making any waste like no compost or anything like that and Mm -hmm. i'm like that's literally impossible yeah you can't not it is physically like we are human beings it is physically impossible to not have some sort of impact on this planet yeah i mean like we waste has been one of humanity's greatest issues like so far back um i read a book called garbology where mm. the guy describes like one of the first um, cities in Greece had just gonna like, make sure we're recording. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, one of the first cities in Greece um, had like it was a walled city, and it was like the first recorded trash dump, and it was just sort of like out the side of like the city walls, mm. and then it like got so big that they were um, they were like attacked and like they were conquered because they just like climbed up the trash hill into their city like it has literally been a big problem for a while wow yeah that that goes way back (laughs) but yeah I mean it's hard because I mean first of all the term zero waste wasn't even meant for for consumers it was meant for businesses yeah um and it was meant to describe like the way that businesses go about doing their their stuff and Mm -hmm. and because I mean realistically businesses have more waste than individual humans yeah yeah for sure um and, you know, obviously, I think within Zero Waste, the biggest focus is, like, plastic-free living, right? Yeah. Uh, minimizing our plastic use. And, and I, I would think that everybody in the movement is not perfectly, zero uh, you know, yeah, the, like, the when you see all these Instagrams and stuff, it's all, like, so uh, wonderfully curated. But mm-hmm. there are definitely things that they're, they're still creating that either don't make the cut or, you know... Uh, aren't photographable or I don't know how to describe it like everyone even the person that you think of that's like the most perfectly zero waste quote-unquote Instagram you know what I Mm -hmm. mean yeah Uh, Pinterest worthy human is still creating something and so I think a lot of people see that though and then they're like well I could never be that person yeah they can't even be that exactly exactly (laughs) um no it's really it's really hard especially because like I think if it's it's sort of like a human tendency or maybe it's not a human tendency. Maybe it's just like me, but like I always get stuck in this like world of perfectionism. Like if I'm not doing it perfectly, then I'm not doing it. Um, and so like when it comes to 
what you're actually getting at with zero waste, which is like not making very much trash. And like, it's not necessarily being perfect that is important. It's like you participating, you trying to create just a little less trash in your day-to-day life. And like having hundreds and thousands of people making less trash is way more important and way more impactful than having one person making literally zero trash. And it's like... It's that culture shift. Yeah, and it's like, it's just so sad that like... The, that the term is zero waste because it's it's really it's very it's very descriptive and distinct it's like yeah. zero that's yeah. a number that's like a exactly like, it's it's something it's it's actually like too black and white yeah like, and it and, I, and it's term. hard too because people have come out with and tried to create better definitions of the names mm-hmm. um so the low impact movement is an incredible one but then even that is like it's less popular. It's it's less popular, which I think for me, I do. I have gotten comments recently um, on YouTube videos, and they're like, "You're abusing the term zero waste. You're not a zero waste person." I, I'd say I'm pretty close to it, though. If I'm if I'm kind of honest, maybe yeah. they're just assuming that I'm creating more waste than I am because I still wear makeup and stuff, um, which is a topic for a whole other discussion. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that. As somebody who's who's especially when you're building something online, you kind of have to go with the the top, the the phrase that's been the most used, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's SEO. You have to people you have to see what people are searching for, and it's you put all this effort into creating something, and uh, it's hard because you know the ones that have the word zero waste in the title are going to get more views than something with you know something else. I think plastic yeah. free is is starting to take off that term. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the, the main reason of why I use it, because it's just about the movement as a whole, sustainable living as a whole, rather than saying I am this like perfect zero waste human. Yeah. And I would rather raise people's awareness and show them that it's attainable yeah. in doing yeah. rather than um, making it this like lofty, you know, unachievable, like yeah. only for people who like have the affluence to be able to yeah. spend it like hours and hours planning out every single detail of their day, right? Knowing that they're not going to make any trash. Like, I will, you know, I it's not that they're not correct, like, it is sort of diluting the term to say like so many different things are zero waste, but I think they are getting in their own way in trying to make it this like perfect thing because then it's like yeah it's more important to have more people participating in creating less wa- less trash yeah than it is for yeah like you don't have to be perfect Mm-mm. and um this, this comes along with too we were talking about before on our walk back to the car about how it's really important to support companies too that maybe aren't even perfectly there yet mm-hmm. but are getting there and, and you know are actively you know, that there are some small, so like the skincare company that I use, for example, who I love because their company, it's a small family company and they are actually, they're, I mean, they're small in comparison to other skincare companies, but they're a pretty sizable company. And they, uh, you know, when I first found them, half of their products came in plastic and now they're pushing towards glass because they know that that's what yeah it's way more aligns with their ethics and they're continuing to evolve and get better and better and better and they're one of the companies that are aware that their consumers are asking for this and they're actually making the changes yeah whereas not every company is and I think it's really important to find those like those gems those companies that really care Mm -hmm. and really want to change and are actively doing something because when you support them then you're continuing to support that evolution yeah. i think it's also obviously important to support uh completely zero waste brands as well i should say that mm-hmm. but um it's like a vote with your dollar i think it's um we're not perfect yet but every single time we support that it's it's really i, I personally think it's important like i think that major shifts especially in what we were talking about before with um default zero like default sustainable choices things that people aren't even aware of um you know this skincare company for example is like cute and it went viral and so there's all these people supporting them instead of supporting something that came in a plastic bottle without even really thinking about it yeah um or something that had more harmful ingredients or ingredients that weren't harvested quite as sustainable as them yeah. sorry i could go on a rant about <laughs> this well like it, it, it comes down to like a really good point of like um companies that are um 
desirable um, that are like doing their marketing properly mm-hmm. um, and are trying to um, improve themselves in terms of like their packaging or what they are um, putting into their products. Yeah. Um, those companies um, should be supported as much as possible over um, just like because like to say that like all right well um you know i'm just never going to use any makeup or skincare products again in order to be zero waste like um i think you end up like alienating some people who would want to participate in making less in less waste but aren't willing to sacrifice those things like I remember when I first... But I also think that all of them should be around, too, at the same time. Like, I love that I have a platform on the internet where I do still use all these things because I'm one of those people that just doesn't want to... I don't want to stop, you know, like, we were talking about no poo before. Like, I enjoy washing my hair. Mm -hmm. Probably shouldn't, but I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I enjoy wearing makeup and stuff like that. But I also think that there's a place for people in the movement who are also supporting you know the the other alternative of just not doing any of that stuff yeah. anymore as well well yeah and like there's so many examples yeah there's so many different ways different types of people out there that are going to be attracted to different things yeah like no poo works for me mm-hmm. um and but i don't know why it works for me it yeah. might just be because i have nice hair yeah and that like you have I, awesome hair <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you <laughs> not just awesome beautiful hair oh, <laughs> spectacular oh. Um, but like, I don't, I honestly don't know if like the no poo works for me because like it's a great system or because like I just naturally have pretty nice hair and like it just goes well with it. Yeah. And I can't like tell everyone 100% emphatically, no poo, right? not ever. Because like it might not work for people with straight hair, yeah. and like I don't want to alienate people with straight hair from the totally, movement of creating totally. less waste. And also like some people just, you know, like I mean I've never officially tried it. I should though. I should. But like there are some people who hear certain things and they're like, oh well, I'm not going to give up makeup or I'm not going to give up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's just some people that that's not an approachable thing for them. Like they just hear it right away and they're like, well, I would never. But well, if you give them an alternative, then they might. Well, and also, like, like the downsides for no poo, like, don't bother me. But there are downsides. Mm. But, like, those downsides might really bother somebody else. Like, so, for instance, one of the downsides of no poo is that, like, your hair isn't, like, so silky soft and, like, run your fingers, like, mm. sort of silky. Um, as I remember it being when I used to shampoo my hair, it does have, like, a bit of a grit to it. Yeah. Like... And, like, it doesn't really bother me right now. Like, maybe because I don't have some significant other trying to, like, shove their hands in my hair all the time. (laughs) But, like, I'm sure somebody out there has tried no poo and given it up for that, like, reason. And, like, you know, like, kudos to them for trying. But I actually do want to try it. I I shouldn't have brought that up as an example. (laughs) I don't, that was, like, a terrible example. I'm actually very intrigued by no poo. But, um. That it was just like the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> well, but we were uh, about yeah, um, yeah. I just think like uh, people getting upset about like the semantics of like using the term zero waste too broadly, or you know the term no poo too broadly. Mm-hmm. Like it's just you're making like this perfectionism. Like you're encouraging perfectionism, right? And I think. Like, at this point, we can acknowledge that perfectionism is, like, really not okay for anyone. Just, like, for mental, like, reasons. Yeah. And I get it, too, because it's, like, their heart's in the right place. It's, like, every little thing, every change that we make, like, makes such a difference. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I agree. Like, the ripple ripple effect of all of your choices cannot be ignored. Mm -hmm. But, um, like, yeah. And also, I think, like... Every, everyone should take it to the extent that of which they're comfortable with it, with it now. Um, like, you might change, like, 10 years from now, I could be saying, oh, yeah, I remember having that conversation about no poo. Now I've been doing no poo for six years, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like we're all in a different stage of life, and you can't, like, judge another person for where they're at in their journey. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, every, like, I, I would encourage everyone to take 
every single measure that they can in this moment, like right now, like do what you're comfortable with. Yeah. Start with, you know, especially if you're just starting out, start with looking at, you know, the areas that you're creating the most waste. Start with just thrifting your clothes and buying more sustainable uh, food options because to me those are like two really huge ones or at least yeah. were in my life everyone's life is different yeah um but you know if those are the two things that you're comfortable with doing and those are the two areas where you're making the biggest trash and environmental impact like go for it yeah. you know yeah it's all about and then worry about all the other little tiny things yeah keep learning i I mean, like, in life is in many ways, like, a little bit like playing video games. And, like, when you first start out in a new video game, everything's really, really challenging. Okay, and this is going somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my favorite game growing up was The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. It was the greatest Legend game. Legend of Zelda. I remember so that. I, like, can picture the logo right now. Mm-hmm. It just good branding you and I both we I feel like I talk about branding with everyone because I mean that's what my passion is in life it's just yeah I mean like it's great it's great it's got but it's unique it's got it's got an oomph to it z's it's the z's yeah yeah the z's or z as we say in Canada I never know which one to say anymore zad it's zed so it's zed it's z it's pronounced z here and it's a z in Canada and in like the UK and Literally of, everywhere else. Literally <laughs> every other English-speaking country, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we're so special. Yeah. It's one of those things that, you know, now that I'm here, I'm like, do I spell color with a U or <sighs> do I not? Like, I, I grew up with one. Yeah. I still do. I'm never going to learn Fahrenheit. I'm sorry. I'm never going to be able to tell temperature in Fahrenheit. Oh, Celsius all the way. My brother, but, my brother, like, made his kids learn um like the, the metric, metric system, system. Wow. and so now they're like oh i don't understand feet. oh we need to get back to your family later on <laughs> anyway sorry so, video game conversation oh just yeah a little right. there. <laughs> yeah zed <laughs> um yeah so uh in zelda like uh the first like three three temples or like bosses that you have to beat are like really hard when you first play the game um but then you sort of like advance to like this next section and then like you can go back in time and play that first section again, but like the bosses are so easy and like the the, the people like the challenges are so much easier. And you're like, oh, why was I struggling for, with this for so long? So to relate that back to zero waste, <laughs> like the first thing that you do with zero waste or like any sort of like minimization of like your impacts is going to be difficult. But you're going to like develop a routine and like sort of settle into it, and it's going to be really, really easy after a certain point, and then you can take on take on like new and different challenges. Yeah. So like, it's all about learning the lay of the land too. Yeah. I think it's sort of like finding that first thing that you can do. Like maybe it's like riding a bike instead of like taking the bus. Yeah. Because it's like the same distance, and like you do have a bike, so like that's a could be an easy first step to you yeah and then you can find different ways like maybe um you can like bring your own container or like shop in like the actual produce section instead of the like made products section of the grocery store it's like there are little steps and you know baby steps are great steps totally totally and i think um like yeah, just everything you do in life adds up. And I had a thought there and I kind of lost it. I'm not quite sure where I'm going with that. Um, okay, I also want to talk about, we were talking about the origins of consumerism last time I hung out with you. Oh, yeah. And I just think that's a fascinating conversation. Yeah. Because both both you and I are pas- passionate about like the business side of uh, consumerism. Yeah. I would say I come from marketing, you come from industrial design. But you yeah. do marketing stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I still don't know the guy's name. Oh, that's fine. um, Basically, uh, it was like a weird shift. Like, so you can sort of like think of consumerism in America, like pre World War II and post World War II. And in pre World War II, like um, being frugal and like saving money and like that kind of stuff was like really popular. Like you could be like really well known or like well renowned in your in your local communities for being somebody who was like frugal and saved their money and then in post-world war ii there's this guy that developed a 
he basically developed consumerism in that he wanted the American economy to grow faster than it was. And he thought by um, increasing the number of products we were producing was the way to do that because it created jobs. But then it also like stimulated people to spend money on stuff. And so like it shifted into this. All right. Well, it's not you're not you're not frugal anymore you're um showing your wealth or showing your importance through the stuff that you have Mm. and it's like so horrible because it's like it was like the origin of (laughs) and it was like it was like only a little bit ago that like if you think like world war ii was in 1949 so our grandparents' generation. Yeah, like, when yeah. they were kids, they grew up with this idea of, like, hey, um, I, I'm i a better human being for, like, saving my money. And then by the time they were growing up, they were hearing this totally other um, descriptor of, like, what they should or should not be doing. Like, you should be buying more stuff. Hmm. Like, that's... Yeah. And then I think, too, you know, the power of marketing came in and the power of product differentiation. And, mm-hmm. you know, you go they're They're moving away from like the introduction of the supermarket was like a big deal. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting. And I've 100 percent said this in this podcast before, uh, maybe honestly in a couple different episodes. And I've certainly said it on YouTube before. But I, I find a lot of with zero waste is it's like when it comes to owning a product or a way of doing things, you can stop and ask yourself, how did our grandparents do it before yeah. us? So, you know, mascara, for example, I'm using a cake mascara, which is what, like, you know, it's in a little tin thing and mm-hmm. you rub your wand into it. Um, you wet your wand and you rub it in the coal. And that's how mascara was before we had mascara tubes, right? Yeah. It's the company I even buy it from is like a vintage makeup company. They're called Besame. And uh, they make vintage-inspired products. Again, it, it's accidentally sustainable. Yeah. It's a company that produces things uh, that are supposed to be vintage, <laughs> you know? Um, but it happens to be sus- accidentally sustainable. Yeah, and, or uh, like, like making food from scratch. Yeah, like yeah. That kind of stuff. Like, that was just, like, what everybody did back yeah. in the day. But now you can Bulk be, Bulk bins like, were a thing. Yeah. Back. Like, you would go to your little... Uh, you know, general store and mm-hmm. get like tin cans of things and mm-hmm. your rations of, I mean, during the war there was rations, but, um, like little, yeah, yeah. everything was in cans like, and bulk and you would bring your own bags because they didn't have disposable plastic bags. My dad always says, um, I grew up in a house where we, we never really used plastic bags, which mm-hmm. I'm, I'm lucky to say that because my dad grew up with a mom who was from Europe and where she grew up in Europe. There were no plastic bags, mm-hmm. so when he was growing up, they brought their own mesh bags to mm-hmm. the grocery store, and that was just what they did. So to him, it's, like, normal yeah. now, just it's, because it was a cultural thing for him. Yeah. Um, also, like, growing your, old, your own food, like, having your own, like, little garden, like, yeah. there were... The government encouraged us to make our own gardens. They were called victory gardens, and, like, you were, you were given kudos from the government... Um, to make your own food and like it's starting to come back now like the idea like raised beds and like um, yeah. certain like or um, in Seattle they have like pea patches and like community gardens and stuff like um, it's it's great that like those things are getting repopularized but like yeah just like sort of like put yourself into like your grandparents shoes and been like all right well, how would they have solved yeah. this problem? Yeah. And also, I mean, when you think the the other thing too, I really wish I knew the statistic. Every time I try to go and say it, I don't know the statistic, but the amount of um, space that every person takes up now has something like quadrupled, like mm. the amount of square footage that each person requires in a house. As far as because like we have so much more yeah. stuff. Yeah, like back in the day, you literally had you know a closet with like a couple dresses in it mm-hmm. as, as a female or some pants whatever and uh you had a few outfits that you loved that were of quality mm-hmm. um Your that you mended best. yeah and 
you had food and you had furniture in your house. Probably like you didn't have the extensive decor that we have today. Mm-hmm. My mom decorates. I swear every single week there's a new <laughs> holiday that yeah. she's decorating for, and I'm like, it's and actually then, it's a thing. We're known in our neighborhood as the festive house. Oh, My mom loves sweet. holiday decor, <laughs> and I swear to goodness comes home every single day with like a new, like we have like decorative pillows and yeah. mantelpieces and things, which is lovely. And that, you know, it's it's lovely that. She, it's very homey and cozy, and, and she loves this. It's something that she's passionate about. Yeah, and it's sort of like her but, notating the, the passage of time per yeah, year. Like, yeah. I kind of miss that, honestly, like having like different deck. I mean, well, like, my I thing is know. there's there's a way it only it only breaks my heart because it's not as like I'm like you could one, you could thrift all of these things mm. um, or two, you know, um, Mom, why are you putting out styrofoam? Why why do you need to buy more styrofoam pumpkins when there's real ones? Yeah, right there. I I do. I, I would also like to acknowledge that obviously pumpkins, you know, require resources to grow and, mm, and ship and blah 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 blah. Yeah. But yeah, you could eat that. You like you should eat your pumpkins if if you're putting them if, if you're mm-hmm. having them for decor. But I think that there's a lot of sustainable ways of doing things. Like you know, again, back in the day, you didn't have Christmas lights. You had like stringed popcorn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You yeah. know, like the garlands were made Gar- out of yeah. like more natural materials. Yeah. yeah. Granted, there was a lot of house fires back in the day, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it know. is. It's just something to think about, and it's something to again get creative with, and think of all these opportunities of like things that you could make from natural materials. That hopefully, natural materials that require low resources to grow, or things that you find a 